Next Chapter Podcasts. Hello, welcome back to How I Got Greenlit, a weekly podcast about pursuing your passions in the creative arts and beyond. For Alex Collegian, I'm Ryan Gibson. Today we return to our conversation with writer-director Angie Wong. If you haven't listened to part one with Angie, I invite you to do so. Angie, like so many of our guests, is incredibly open, and her story is very relatable, deeply personal, and profoundly inspirational. Included this week is Angie's B-side film selection, the 2002 New Zealand drama Whale Rider, written and directed by Nikki Caro, based on the 1987 novel of the same name. The story involves a 12-year-old Maori girl whose ambition is to become chief of her tribe. And now, more with Angie. So you greenlit yourself. You had a few, you had enough kind of safe, your kid was going to be fed and clothed, but you had a moment to breathe and say, what do I really want to do here? Like what's the big idea? I think people don't say this often enough, but whoever makes the money makes the movie, right? I mean, it is, it's it's based (laughs) on money, right? And like, I like that one. (laughs) You know, I love Chloe Zhao. She's amazing and super talented. She's also the daughter of a billionaire, right? So it's not, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's the daughter of a billionaire. So you have a lot more room and space to be able to breathing room to experiment. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd like to make another movie. Like, okay. Or and you're also not obliged to make a moneymaker. Like you don't. You're you're not on the end of a spear that you you better make the investors' money back to do the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah, you're not like. You know, I think I'm going to have to direct a Hellman's mayonnaise commercial to feed the bills. Like, it's, it's not that. So I think that, you know, artistic integrity is, is, a, is a happy byproduct of money sometimes, you know. Um, so I, I, I was lucky. I was lucky in a lot of ways. And, you know, getting, you know, going out and, like, harassing people into the, into, you know, it, like recruiting them into my little tribe was, was huge. You know, I think I, I got Rick Bosner who was, um, he was coming off the heels of uh, Fruitvale station who, who knew the area really well and did a beautiful job pulling things together um, in terms of the crew and helping me with casting and stuff. And then the real, the real thing that helped me with the casting was to get Cassie and Elways involved. And I just oh, basically. Uncle Cassian. He comes up a lot on this into, show. Yeah. I stopped nice. him into submission. I just had coffee with him. But, um, <laughs> you know, he having his name involved lent a certain level of legitimacy because, you know, people would read the script and be like, she's never fucking done anything. What the fuck is this shit about drugs? You know, and then, you know, there was like a bunch of swearing and sex and stuff. And they were like, well, we, I don't know if we can have my actress say these things, you know. And, <laughs> and I think having Cassian um, champion the film was like a stamp of approval and legitimacy that allowed me to, you know, um, I, I think, you know, people, actresses really wanted to play these roles. You know, they were like nice meaty roles for young women that kind of, you know, heretofore were, were fewer and farther between. I think there are more character pieces these days, but, you know, there, it wasn't as much back then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, you know, there's that whole, I feel like when, you know, I think the question that you posed is like, when did you think that you had arrived? And that, that assumes a destination. And for me, I feel like that's a moving target. 
You know, I've talked to people who've won Academy Awards. They're like, I'm still fucking waiting to arrive. Like, I'm still a fucking neurotic mess, right? Almost everybody says that same thing. Yeah. Anybody who's a creator or has the ambition and the sort of drive to actually make it in this movie or make a film uh, almost always says that. Like, yes. I'm not done. Yeah, I don't feel arrived. Well, you don't ever feel fulfilled. I think is no, and and I don't. It's not a. I don't think that's a character flaw. I think that's what keeps us going because other because it's so brutal. It's not. It's a brutal. It's it's a brutal medium to work. It's not a criticism, and it's also it's fine because it, it it sort of. I think the question is a young person's question. When do you make it right? Because a lot of people listen to this as. they're just starting. They're yeah. young. They're on cruise. They're doing shorts. They're you know they're they're trying to learn something from what we're talking about. And I thought that too, right? That oh, there's a door or there's a club or there's yeah. a thing, and you pass through it, and then your life is a little bit easier. You're in the club, and you know stuff happens. And everybody says the opposite. Congratulations, yeah. you did achieve something. Now what else you got? Now what? Yeah. Now, now yeah. you have to stay in the game. Yeah, and and an athlete would say the same thing, or yeah. a an academic, a corporate officer, whatever. Like, what have you done for me lately? Tends to be the the operating principle of adulthood, right? It's exactly right? that. It's a, yeah. it's a, and it's and, a town with a fickle memory. You know. Yep. You know, so it's kind of like, what have you done for me lately? I, I, I was, was lucky. Yep to get a good write-up in the New York times. And people were like, Oh, they must be pounding your door down. I'm like, no, but right. it's a good entry. You know, it's a good calling card, you know, Absolutely. Like, like typically yeah. they'll take a call or whatever, but you know, I got to be like, bang, 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 bang. So, well, let me ask you this. You make the movie, you complete the movie. Would you, what was it? The first, was it the cruise screening? Was it the 919 festival? Was, was there a, was it showing it to your dad? Was there a, an exhibition of the film where you were like, wow, I'm different now. Like this, this happened, you know, I, I, at camp fest because it was our hometown. It was in San Francisco. We played nice. at the Alamo draft house. I got to order yeah. snacks while I was watching. <laughs> um, and I remember at a right where point, you would go see a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like uh, I was like, like your, your home base. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I thought, I um, I can legitimately call myself a filmmaker now. Like, right. I am legit a filmmaker. You know, I'm right. not just talking about it. I'm not just, you know, but I, I have a, like, you can see it. And it's also an experience, as you know, it's one thing to have it all to yourself, to show it to a couple people and, you know, to be, you know, like hunkered over, working on it, bleary eyed with your editor, but then to release it out into the world and to now have this shared experience with this whole audience is a whole different ballpark. It's a whole different ballpark. We, Alex and I talk about it. Um, you know, I, I almost, I, I wanted to mention it earlier, but I think it's more appropriate now is that, you know, it's this 1% of 1% of 1%. It's a 1% chance that you actually finish a script that you can yeah. get made. It's like a 1% yeah. chance that you actually take it into, find the money, you get the money take it into production. Yeah. It's a 1% yeah. chance that you actually finish the production with everything that you need. You get the cast that yeah. unlocks distribution. Yeah. Bop it, bop it, bop. There's so many, and it's like a winnowing pyramid, right? It is. And so, for I think for the three of us, we got to the mezzanine level of the top, but the top would be 
you win Sundance, you yeah. get the big next movie, you whatever, right. whatever. And, right. Right. and so for us, and this was a lot of the, and I want to talk about the sort of the, the come down of the drug is, uh, uh, we would kind of at, in the process would be like, wait, we have to remember where we are on the, on the hill, on the pyramid. Yeah. We're so high up. We've already surpassed nine tenths of the people. It's hard that to give yourself credit this. for that. It but is you hard. constantly it are like, hard. no, I want, I want that. Uh, yeah. The next plateau is when I'll, I'll really find yeah. happiness. Right. And so what, yeah, yeah I, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think, and no, if I, when, anytime you say no offense, there's going to be <laughs> offense coming, but no offense Fences. to. That's like uh, saying all due respect. Which with all due, yeah. with all due yeah. respect. Zero respect. But. And also, <laughs> and also you said one of my favorites earlier, which is duly noted, which is basically yeah. like, uh, fuck yourself. Like, yeah. Bless your heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's no from offense. our friend Effie Brown. <laughs> Effie Brown, um, friend of the show. Uh, when you to content creators uh, online on YouTube or whatever, no offense to their business model, um, but doing a, you know, but being able to first thinking us as an industry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm saying the the ability to Cut go out and shoot a iPhone, you know, something on your iPhone or even an advanced camera pack. Well, it wasn't Tangerine shot on an iPhone yeah, or what it was. It was. One Chris of Chris's movies was shot on an iPhone. Thanks, yeah. Chris uh, and Sean. Yeah, whatever. Oh God, it is a good movie though. It I is. have to say, uh, a weird one too. Um, but but the the real challenge of uh, building your you're really building your own army, and I don't think that's understating it. I think you really have to build an army that you have to move on a daily basis for yep. eight, you know sixty. Yeah, but it's hours not it's not building an army. It's raising an insurrection. Like yeah. you have to inspire people because you don't have the money to pay them what yeah. they normally right. make. Yeah, you, you have to film, inspire them to. You join gotta your believe, crew better, man. Yeah, your yeah. crew better want to yeah. bleed for you because they yeah. will. They'll be, they they'll be asked to. to. It's a, yeah. It's a slog for them. So uh, my crew, by what, the way, shout out to my cast and crew. Best fucking crew ever. They did. They nice. moved mountains for me. And it, but it took, I remember that first production meeting, like when they were looking at the script and there was this old grip, Gary Gill, who had worked on like the matrix and done all these like big movies. He was like, there's a lot of company moves and you're a first time director. <laughs> Like, we'll never make our like, days. You're going to be pushing all the time. And I was like, mark my fucking word. My ass is on the line for this money. We are not fucking pushing one day. And we didn't. Yeah. You're not waiting on me. Yeah. Like I ain't. Yeah. The one. yeah. So I'd be like, we got it. Let's move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually, yeah. Usually during those conversations, I, I say the money's not going to change. Do it yep. or don't do it. Just yep. don't complain about it. If you do do it. Like, yeah. you right. know, what's you, it's on the yeah. page. So it's that trade off. That's why you, you know a good director has to be good left and right brain. Right. Cause you have to be able to make that trade off like instantaneously. It's going to cost me five grand for this shot. How, how much does this inform the story? All right, fuck it. Move on. You know, yeah. we don't need it. Yeah. Let's give it to I this. mean, I mean, I've burnt the, I went to a screening of one of the films I worked on, um, late last year and, uh, and um there was a whole shot where we spent a shit ton of money and this happens almost every movie i do where we burned a car and we went through so much to just set the gag up and it didn't even make it in the cut 
And, I, <laughs> and, and, and while I, while we were standing, while we were standing there, I was standing next to the, uh, the one card holder. The stunt man lost a toe, yeah. didn't make it in. Yeah, yeah. The one, the one card holder, which if, you know, we like to educate people, a guy with a one card, there's, I think there's only a hundred of them out there, but basically they're, uh, trained to have explosives. They, they can yeah. use explosives. Yeah. And so I was standing next to him and I just go, does this make it in the movie? And he just looked at me and he's an, he's been around a long time. Great, great guy. And uh, he just kind of shook his head and I, I go, it does. It certainly looks cool, doesn't it? <laughs> but <laughs> it didn't, it was a big expensive gag and it didn't even make it in the movie. It didn't make it. Oh, well, heartbreaker. Uh, all right. Let's talk about sort of takeaways from that experience. Um, and then let's get into the, the, the movie you brought to, well, to screen for us. Well, so right. I would say well, the net positive well, is what right. you said, which is, which is that, uh, I'll still, uh, yeah. I mean, Ryan and I are still very friendly and have continued to work with, uh, most of our crew since then. Mm-hmm. And the best is when, Cause there's two kinds of indie crew. There's the old hand that's sick of doing Purina commercials and wants to like, remember wh- why she like started in this art form. Yeah. Like they believe in you and they're like, you have a vision and you're yeah. a little spunky artist and I want to feed off your like innocent fun energy and you're happy to be here. And I'm an old hand or the young hungry who has been a PA and now you're going to accelerate them to production coordinator on this shoot, or they were UPM and you're going to accelerate them to line producer. They're moving up the ladder. They're bringing a lot of enthusiasm and energy. They're unproven. And you kind of have to check your gut and be like, this person will shine under pressure and I'm going to give them a chance. Right. So, uh, those young hungry, some of them, it was their first key job. Mm-hmm. And so key meaning the head of their department. Right. So like in, in one case, Angela Hagnagy, who we're going to have on the show in a couple of weeks, she was uh, the wardrobe uh, key and it was her first feature. And she, I just saw her at a Christmas party and she was like, Oh my God, you know, my whole life changed after that. Like I, I'm doing all these huge features and da da da. da. And I'm like, oh, hire me. You know, like right. um it, it's great to see how they got their shot from you. It's almost like you green let them a little bit and gave them like that push yeah. to the next plateau and the next plateau. Yeah. And it's great to hear that that I I get a lot that a lot of that from Project Greenlight. People will be, oh, I was a finalist year three or whatever. You know, like, holy shit, you know, you're running shows now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so that's really fun. But what what was interesting for me was the come down. So you, you achieve a life goal and this is an interesting psychological phenomenon that I didn't know until after the fact you achieve a life goal and the next day and you wake up and I remember waking up after the premiere, I'm at the pool at the hotel, the Roosevelt hotel doing the Hollywood thing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm still an asshole. Yeah. Like nothing changed. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) And, 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 and then you read about like, the guy that won the best uh, uh, Oscar for score uh, killed himself 14 days after winning yeah. it. Or the marathon runner that went, yeah. won the New York Marathon, that fucking whatever. It's and a you huge realize, biochemical like, letdown too, right? Because it's, it's like it's, your dopamine is like fucking surging like crazy. And then like, wow. And it you're crashes. in a room with 100 people and they go, director's on the set. 
And then a I week love later, being a fucking queen on set, baby. Yeah. Then and then a week pole. later, yeah. you're alone in a room. You're born for it, like, Angie. You're what born now? For it. Yeah. So did you experience that crash? Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I love being on yeah. set. I loved everything about it, quite frankly. Yeah. I love the sleep deprivation, the fucking, <laughs> the you know, stress, unearned the... weight loss. The <laughs> Oh, God. So, Everyone loses weight on set. Before we it. before we go to the whale rider, um, I do wanna um, I do wanna ask, uh, would you do another one, Angie? Oh fuck yeah, in a heartbeat. Okay. But you know what? I had to go it's away. It's another addiction. And come back. <laughs> no, I think it's like herpes. It's always in your system. Yeah. You think that it's dormant, it's and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm, oh my god, I'm having an outbreak. Oh, so it's starting to. I, starting I had to, to leave and head. come back because I had a few things that almost went, almost went, and then COVID came, right, and shut everything down. And then my kid and I are in the middle of the fucking woods, living like two witches, and I'm getting a fucking masters of family therapy. I'm doing a practical right. and shit. And I, I had to keep asking myself, because I was like, maybe it's, it's cool that I made a movie. You know, like maybe that's right. just it. But then it just kept calling me back. Mm-hmm. It kept calling me back. So I've finished two scripts that I'm really happy with. And I think, you know, I, I started to get that like tingle. And like when I was reading the one script and I got some really great notes on it, I was like, oh, I'm going to make another movie. I'm going to make another movie. And I, I was lucky enough to meet Todd Field, you know, who did Tar. Yeah. He like a fucking 16 16 year hiatus. Yeah. 16 year gap, you know. And I think a lot of people who've been in writers rooms would say the exact same thing is that it's hard, you know, it, it I guess this is why I'm saying like you were talking about the 16 year hiatus and people take breaks because it's just it's draining and it's hard to do but you can't like it's also like just like so eloquently stripping put. naked and fucking crawling across town getting spit on like it kind of feels like <laughs> wow I like that it. is the best that that's that's a sound bite right there alex i think we'll put that one out there I, I it's like it. crawling um, across town naked getting spit on like, is that from, is that from the you. Santa Monica, the tip of the Santa Monica pier to the top is it, of the? Isn't that probably, isn't that yeah. the Zero Story Ones episode? Across splinters. <laughs> do you, do you have to? Do fantastic. they shave your head like Queen Cersei? And oh my like, god! Yeah, probably. The, yeah, strip you down. Shame. That's shame. shame. <laughs> We'd like to take a moment, have a little pause, speaking with Angie, and introduce a clip from the past with our guest Grace Patterson. This is a clip where she talks about her own naivete and unrelenting nature and how it helped her get her start. Take it away, Grace. This continued from like eight to literally like 17. I, I was obsessed and that's all I did. And they were like, she doesn't really have a lot of friends. She's not into boys. She's literally just making these crazy movies. But like, I guess she's not in trouble. So we'll just like let it keep happening. Let it and ride. Then when, let it ride. And then when I was 12, I guess I realized like, oh, I could like maybe be in other people's movies. And so I was like, hey, I want to do acting. And my parents are like not in the industry at all. And they were like, well, we don't know anything about that. But if you figure, if you line up everything, we'll drive you there. That's it. Like, we're not going to really help you do this. We have no idea what this is, but we'll give you a ride. So at 12, I literally like got online and I Googled like headshots, resumes, demo reels. And since I was so young, it's funny because a little bit of my research is off. I made this thing called a video resume and it's me performing a monologue. And it, I had it on a DVD disc and I mailed it to like hundreds of agencies of, and I put 
Grace Patterson's video resume. And it's like, what is a video resume? But I was doing my best, you know, at 12 to like figure out what I needed to do. But I ended up lining up agency meetings. I lined up my headshots. I ended up doing a demo reel and my parents were just like, I mean, she's like, literally I was calling photographers and lining everything up at 12. And then I, I got my first agent. I lined up three meetings. My parents drove me and they're like, we have no clue. She, she lined us up and then I got signed. And yeah, it was, I was just always obsessed with this. Like it, I had an acting coach say like actors are born, not made. And I really feel like this was just put in me and I had, I had no choice but to do it. It just was flowing out of you. It was just flowing out of me, yeah. Make sure you go back and listen to this and all the old episodes of How I Got Greenlit. Now, back to our conversation with Angie. So your uh, B-side movie that you brought today is called Whale Rider? Yes. A long time ago, my ancestor Paikia came to this place, on the back of a whale. Since then, in every generation of my family, the firstborn son has carried his name and become the leader of our tribe. Her name's Pike? No. Not that name. Until now. Uh, Directed by Nikki Caro and... Mm -hmm qualifies as a b-side because she is rocking and rolling now she just did the mother that just dropped on netflix with uh j-lo right she directed mulan the yep. big budget live action uh remake for disney uh did the which ron was well. also in oh nice yeah nice ron uh, says i'm gonna make a man out of you <laughs> i like it uh so when i saw that in the theater i just started screaming make a man out of me ron make a man out of me um, <laughs> which by the way is kind of a line that would work in whale rider because it's about uh, a young woman who is trying to do a traditional male role yes very much so yeah, yeah. Uh, she she what, bumps up against the patriarchy and yeah and so uh what uh, and this was, um, 2002, I two. think. Yeah. yeah. 2002. So what was it about this film that inspired you or what, what speaks to you? Why, oh, why did boy. you bring this film? What's it, what's your um, take? What don't I love about this film? I just, um, I loved every fucking thing about this movie. I thought it was just so it's a beautiful story. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the way it kind of weaves in the sort of mysticism of the Maori people um, and, and how, how they're like a a community that's kind of falling apart, but they, but they're still really cohesive and they have all these like beautiful rituals and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, that just need to be sort of. um, And just for those, that's the, the native uh, people of New Zealand. Yes. The tribes. And uh, back then, that was my first sort of pop culture culture exposure to the Maoris, right? Me too. Yeah, me too. In terms of a real story about their their actual lives, yeah. It was just, it was a really beautiful kind of like love note back to to their community and, um, you know, everything that they've been through just... um, Connected to the land. Yes, very connected to the land, very connected to the ocean, very connected mm-hmm. to each other in this like kind of mystical, beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just beautifully acted. Keisha Castle Hughes, she was fucking amazing as you know, uh, as the lead as Pi. Um, she just fucking hit it out of the park. I mean, she got nominated for a fucking Oscar. 
Um, I just her, when I she love... does that speech. Uh, oh to my her god! And she's I crying. Know. I was like, "Holy shit! This kid. I know. This girl can act. She's the real. She was the real Sorry deal." Sorry to interrupt, but that no, was, not she, at all. She, she's, she, she was away. the real deal. No, she crushed it. Um, and I I loved the cinematography of it all. I loved, um, you know, sort of the iconography of being so connected with you know with the whales. You know what I mean? I mean, it's sort of it, it was like a real, you know, their symbol of their their spirituality and their um, um, who they are as a people and how they got there. You know, that whole legend about someone riding on the back of a whale to get to their land. Um, it was just fucking gorgeous. But a lot of it for me who I am is a someone who's like just looking for emotional truth. So like I'll call bullshit on screen all day. I'll be like, uh, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I don't believe them. I don't buy that chemistry. Like that doesn't, that doesn't right. work for me. Um, and if there's a false note there, then the rest of it falls apart for me. You know, was that always true or now that you're more directing, you can see. This is how I'm wired. Yeah. You know, it's just how I'm wired, you know, the even as a little girl. Sensors goes up. When I was a little girl, I would I was that little kid who would walk in a room and I'd be like, huh, they're smiling, but I know they're mad. And I remember one time I'd be like, I looked over at this couple and I was like, oh, they're in love. And my mother's like, they're not in love. They're married to other people. And then it turned out that they had been having an affair and you they actually it? were in love. But I could feel it, you know, like it, it's, it's this kind of an energetic kind of vibe that you get that you can feel it. And well, you with can get your, it with your training now. Would you call that emotional? I, was that is that EQ? Is that emotional yeah. quotient? Yeah, like a high high yeah. emotional intelligence. Yeah, yes. There are people who can, and and some of it it is informed by a traumatic past because you have no. <laughs> you it's have true, to read right? People's intentions. You right? do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Like you're a little kid, and you're like, yeah. my father's coming in, and I don't know what fucking mood he's going to be, and I better be able to read him like that. Right. right? So right. I think part of it is survival. You know, the heightening of that skill is informed by trauma yes. or it can be. I can't believe I just Rachel house. I didn't realize who she was. Um, she played the girlfriend of the, the younger brother of, um, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she plays the, uh, she's in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> she was, yeah, she it's is? a great cast. I mean, she this is, is the first time yeah, we she saw was the, all these people. Um, she's the, uh, she's, um, what's his name? Um, Oh God! Everybody loves him. He's in Jurassic Park. She's his sidekick. Sam Neill. No, no, not Sam Neill. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, okay. She's Jeff Goldblum's uh, Jeff Goldblum's executioner. I had no idea. I didn't know it either. Oh I fuck! I have to go back and look yeah, at that she, with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, well, I like sorry, that there's Keisha a lot of was people. in Game of Thrones. Speaking of Game of Thrones, yeah, she was one right. of the Sand Sisters. Because I'm like, why does she? Look she so was. She was one of the the Sand Sisters that was uh, Oberon. Oh, I'm gonna have to, to fucking uh, go Pedro back and Pascal's family and that. Take whole... a look at all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, she brought such a real, authentic humor and warmth oh, yeah. and what like a, earthiness find, to that role. Right? Yeah. Well, we just uh, a couple weeks ago we did the piano, which has a lot of shared elements here. Right? It's yeah. a New Zealand story. It's a historical story. It has a Maori component. And uh, I didn't like it as much. I'm well, no, I mean, we're not, it's not a good that. or bad. It's just yeah. saying it's a little, a little girl, a disco, an amazing <laughs> yes. young actor discovery. Oh, Anna Paquin, uh, right? Anna yeah. Paquin, yeah. 
Again, Oscar, you know, I think she oh, won, Oh, Holly. Actually. Holly Hunter, right. Holly as Hunter. A, and then Sam Neill. a woman Neal. with no fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sam Neill is, is this son of a bitch. As a but, woman um, with no fingers. <laughs> that was a finger. Yeah, that was a, a joke movie. grenade. Yeah. Cliff Curtis, um, though, Cliff, folks. But, but Cliff Curtis is the, is the winning, oh, uh, the winner of this. I think it's the first time we, we saw him. And he he just so commits to stuff. every fucking yeah. scene, all of it. Like even in the beginning, you know, when the when the when mm-hmm. he's lost his wife and the and one of his twins, he goes all the way yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And the guy, to, it's hard for mm-hmm. me to believe that that's the same guy who's in Training Days. It's just crazy. with the tattoos, oh, yeah. with the tattoos, the mean, yeah, yeah the his mean range, hood. His range is undeniably just. He's got He's okay. I'm going to ask an impolitic question right now. Yeah. I thought he was brilliant. And obviously he's playing, he's really a mayor. He's playing a mayor in this years later. He stole that role. I mean, he's up against Ethan Hawke and Denzel Washington and holding his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not, he is not Mexican American. He's not no, Latino. He's not, he's not Hispanic. How do we feel about that now? Would he get that role today? He probably wouldn't get that role today. He probably did. You say he probably wouldn't. He probably would not. I'll bet he would not. However, I would say that I have no problems with him having that role because he just brought so much to it. And I, I, you know, I, I'm not about to get canceled, but I will say this. Um, (laughs) I will say that for you to decide. I am looking forward to a day when we can just kind of craft real stories without having to have a quota for certain things. Uh, Cause sometimes like when it happens organically, it's a beautiful thing. Right. But sometimes I'm just like, Oh, like I'm going to call it out sex in the city. The, the reboot. I was like, Oh yeah. So they were like, we need a trans person here. We need a person of color there. And it It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, It didn't hold Uh, together. So then I guess you don't want to win an Oscar because did you read the latest uh, guidelines and rules for the Academy to win a Best Picture Oscar? It must have a this and a that and a that and a this. It has a checklist. It has a uh, uh, very specific and very stringent and very detailed uh, list of requirements for racial equality for – disability inclusion for this, for that, for the other. I got no problem with, I mean, and I love that, right? I mean, a fucking Asian woman, right? So I'm a double minority. I love having diverse voices, perspectives, but let's be real and fucking be like, and and really give the truth of it, you know, because sometimes I feel like it's just fucking lip service. You know what I mean? Like they're just putting somebody in who looks a certain way and there's no character development. There's no understanding of where that person came from or how. Or they're just not the best performer. Or they suck. Yeah. Or they they're suck. They're just not a great actor. They, they, they fit the. They fit the bill. They fit the uh, purity requirements of the of the tribe, but they're, yeah. they they might not be the best performer. All right, I gotta yeah. say, I gotta I, first first of all, we did, everyone saw how Richard Dreyfus felt about it. Ryan's right? about to high road us. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Now listen to me. If yes, it, you're did, in a, well, wait. You're, let's you're, clarify. What did Richard Dreyfuss say about that when the guidelines came out for the Oscars? Oh, uh, he was not. He thinks it's. I forget the direct quote, so I won't. I, he was, was a vehement, vocal 
uh, opponent uh, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who knows? And they, and happen. by the way, the, 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 the general consensus was, Oh, listen to the old man railing at the kids on his lawn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I yeah. believe he won an Oscar, right? So who does get yeah, to speak to that? Uh, let me just say this. Okay. So we're all three in a casting room. Uh, uh, he comes in, um, Dreyfus. No, not Dreyfus. Um, sorry. Cliff. Cliff comes Cliff. in. Cliff. Oh, we're, we're, we get to make training day. Hold on. Okay. Cliff yep. comes in. He is an actor, so he knows what role he's he's uh, he's uh, done the work. He's prepared the accent. He's prepared, he's prepared. He comes in and acts acts like the character that you're asking him to play on the page. Yep. Do you, do you ask him if he's Mexican American? Do you ask ask him if he's Mexican? I mean, that's what I'm the reality saying. reality is, like, is he doesn't even get in the room because people do yeah. ask and they people ask offline ask. and they deny that they ask because by the way, the laws on the books now, you can get sued for asking that out loud. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is, isn't it a credit to him that he would get, what was that character's name? Was it Sonny? Uh, Smiley. 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 Um, I love that you know that. <laughs> I love that movie. I love, I love him in too. that movie. I do he, too. The way he racks a, hey, shot, a sawed off shotgun and puts right? the, that whole scene is the reason why that scene is so terrifying is it's because it's absolutely realistic. Oh! Fuck, dog. You want to arrest bitch for being a hood up cop for dogging me in the mouth of my own pair. But you got the right to be bitch Well, up until it's not, you got to remember, I love that movie. I've watched it Wait, 20 until times. until he says it I just s- happens that he's on the phone. Why do you have my niece's phone number in there? Exactly. That one huge, we allow that one huge. Uh, Suspension of disbelief. Life is right. crazy, man. And, life but is by crazy. the way, he sell, if he wasn't as good as he was at his job, the movie just explodes right there. Yeah. It just goes off the rail. No, he sold him. it all fucking he's day. Sold, hold he up, sold hold it up. all day. I you better not it. be bullshitting me. I'm calling my little cousin. Like that whole scene, because he's so good, we're like, okay, whatever it takes. Let's but go you to know, the end. But you know what's crazy he's about fantastic. that? fantastic. I'll, I'll yeah. argue, I'll argue that everyone who was watching that to a person, an audience member who's ever watched that, they thought, that he, they didn't think about the fucking uh, massive amount of uh, possibility that that you know the or the minute possibility the one in that one that trillion would, yeah odds. that that would yeah. actually happen. The first thing people thought was he's going to kill him even he's going to keep kill him even more brutally because he thinks he's having sex with his right niece. he's raping his, his niece. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm niece. saying. It's yeah. like you don't even right. think about the minuscule possibility. That no, he's they so scary. He's a great he bad sold guy. It. Yeah, yeah, he's so scared that he's going. He's like, oh, you. He, and and that is not stated. I don't think that's stated in any of the dialogue. I, no. I, I, so no. you just think, oh shit! Now he's really no. It's those he eyes. Off. He's got those great eyes. He just yeah, looked like oh he was my just god. Murder gonna, him because now you know, he's going to skin Denzel him. Told yeah. him to murder it him. Paid but him now with he's a, like, oh, I'm really going to murder. I'm going to murder you harder. Yeah, with my next movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my anyway. Murder you harder. So. So anyway. I am all for diversity, but I am also all for 
organically occurring, authentic diversity. I'm saying if he right. walked in the and, room and, also and was it, playing it, smiley. It takes away, it takes away filmmakers' uh, Well, it's a little agency. this, right? It's a little that. It takes away a your little. agency. You're, you're handcuffed. Yeah, yeah, a little. In many ways, you're handcuffed. Yeah. yeah. But, but back to Whale Rider. So, uh, the movie that will be known as the movie that taught my is, son the word here's dick. the real question is ah. nikki caro on on uh on on speed dial for the moana live action reboot right i mean the movie was basically moana it's it's basically yeah. whale rider meets uh mulan i mean yeah. she's she's got to be because the rock as we know since then the rock who's now you know, the biggest star in the world is of that same descent really celebrates it has all the tattoos and tries to incorporate it in his films and obviously yep. he did the voice uh in of moana in moana right and uh and now he's now he's you know taking that stardom onto the live action version of it so it's kind of cool that um you know nikki was examining a really not understood world at all yep. telling a cool story within it about sort of the latent uh, or not so latent the obvious sort of patriarchal uh, male centric uh, mm-hmm. you know underpinnings of the of the the longtime culture and that guy uh, reminds me the grandfather reminds me so much of my father there that was part go. of the power for it. He was so much Michael uh, C Wong yeah I think he I think that's I think a lot of kids yeah from you know uh asia pacific islands uh, man islanders i think that's their grandfather it's true like it's a complete representation of that man that fucking payoff was huge that was one of the most beautiful and complete celebratory final scenes in film history yes and that's what i mean rowan in the boat her fucking fucking (laughs) father and her fucking fat uncle is now like kind of fit and they're like rowing together you know and then people on the shore are fucking engaged in their in their you know in their rituals to kind of like egg them on. And so they can feel their energy too. And they make you wait for it. I don't know if you realize, but they, cause she's yes. sitting next to her grandfather. They make you yes. wait to, sh- to pan out, to show that he's like beaming at her. Yeah. Or yeah. Even and if that's she that was deferred modification yeah. that we want. Right. Yeah. And I would, I would argue avatar two uh, basically stole their vibe that, yeah. that her ride is that exhilaration is exactly what they tried to recreate in Avatar 2 of the sort of water and all the creatures and the, the sort of like bonding that they had. So um, it's a very influential film. Uh, well, Ryder, uh, I was surprised. My son, I watched, it was uh, uh, one of the first uh, movies I watched with my son and he, he, uh, he, he liked it. Because he, liked it. It he and he learned learned the word dick. He, yeah, he was like, hold it like your dick. He was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, dick. What? What's that? And I'm like, oh, it's a uh, penis. And he was like, <laughs> oh, they're gonna cut their penises off. I was like, <laughs> oh, well, they're doing the haka when he's teaching them how to do the haka. That was like, another thing that right. came up. So now my son, when you hit your walking. chest, hit them hard. Yeah. Scratch them, make them bleed. Yeah, I remember. He was, he was like, when you stick, he was like, when you stick your tongue out, uh, it means that you want to eat them. Eat, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so he's been yeah. walking around with his. Tongue. I'm gonna put your head on the end of my stick. Yeah, him being an, him being half Asian, so he was doing his thing. Oh, so you got yellow hunker. fever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but it, what I love about it is it it probably could have been made today. 
and not one thing would change. I mean, she was she was twenty years ahead of the curve. Three million dollars uh, budget, and I would say probably three quarters of that went to the production of whale puppets. Yeah. Fake whales. I was thinking the same Fake thing. Fake whales and underwater like, yeah. filming. Yeah. Right. I was like, right. wow, whale the whale saddle. The whole yeah, the thing. The whales yeah. looked the 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 puppet whales looked really good. Really though. good. They did. Practical say, rubber. Did that. The puppet yeah. whale. Puppet whales. Puppet whales. But we love Puppet that stuff. Whales. I mean, Angie, we, we nerd out on all that all the time all the time of just sort of like, you know, deconstruct now that we know more about the making of stuff, we can say like good prosthetics. You know, like yeah. it doesn't necessarily if a movie's good I mean, this is a thing now when you're a director. If you watch a movie and you start just like geeking out on the details, they failed, right? Yeah. When 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 even yeah. though you know how to make movies, if you're swept up, yeah. it's even more powerful. You're like, oh my God, these guys tricked me into it's like, like caring, Peter Jackson, you know? right? I mean, yeah. with Lord of the Rings, he came from like, you know, that kind of background, but he and he so he knew how to use it with the right deft hand. Mm-hmm. But it didn't take away from the story at all. It just informed it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like you were like, Oh, look at that fucking prosthetic nose. Like you, you know, you there was none of that. So the yeah. two people who were in charge of the art, the production designer and the art director were both from, they're known for King Kong in 2005. New oh Zealand. Lord. Boom. So they're, they're, they're the masters down, down under. Yeah. yeah. Actually a lot um, of the folks that are in the cast and crew are from Lord of the Rings stuff. So, because I would imagine it's like well, San it Francisco, right it's time, the same, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, the yeah. same crew, oh, like you know, yeah, the, the 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 local local heroes you try to get when you go to a certain region. I got a little um, teary, I got a little teary at Whale, whale Rider. You to have to, or you're not fucking human. Yeah, it was it was yeah. really I was the young lady, the actress, or the actor. She was fantastic. The, Keisha the, Castle Hughes, yeah, who then the, went on to play the Virgin Mary. That's right. Yes, in, a lot of cool in, stuff. In what? In uh, the, Which, the, the, uh, what I don't remember it? what it was called, but I remember it is she called played the, the Virgin Nativity Mary. Story. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Twenty oh six. Oh, she was God, also the queen good. of Nabu. She she got to be she in was. Star Wars three, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Look, uh, fantastic movie. Great, great pick. Everyone should watch it. It's from 2002. Whale Rider by. Nick I think Kara. it's free on Prime right now. It's it on free. It's on free. And, and by the way, MDMA also on Prime. Yes, yes it is. MDMA Check it out by Angie. So you have your marching orders, people. Get out there. Watch the films. Yes. Uh, thank you. By the way, this is one of the pleasures of this uh, show. Is I don't know that I would have watched this on my own. And I'm glad I did. Right. It, uh, I like to see where people's heads go. I mean, we did an obscure one. We did, uh, have you ever heard of Salome, the silent film from the twenties? No, it's fucking fantastic. Go check Salome. it out. It's on, it's on Salome. YouTube. Okay. S-A-L-O-M-E. It's a silent S-A-L-O-M-A. film. It's uh, directed, produced, starring name above the title, a woman named Ala Nazimova. Russian. So and and it's an all queer cast. She was bisexual. Shut um, the front door. What the fuck? Was, Treat was it Whose pick 22, was that? Yeah. Whose pick was that? That Gary was our Carter. friend Gary Carter, who used to run uh, Fremantle. She okay, was the of Fremantle. So very interesting guy. Was an actor. By the way, was great, a suit was great, a producer. Great did a lot episodes. Of stuff. You should. Yeah, you dig it. But but it. but I'm saying like, when the hell else would you like 
find that, right? Seriously. It's, but it's on YouTube. Check it out. So again, Whale Rider, you can find it on uh, a lot of different platforms, uh, Amazon. Freebie. Uh, it's on Freebie. Freebie. It's on Amazon's Freebie the, with ads. Uh, and Angie's film, MDMA, can also be found there as well as on Tubi and many other platforms. About her adventures in Breaking Bad. Yes. Adventures Personal in adventures making in and dealing drugs. It's very yes. drugs. It's uh, what a rotten little punk. It, well, it's a great it's a great story because it's a real, as you said, it's cut from your actual life, so it has real emotional re- resonance. But it's a it's a it's a action. It's I mean not an action. It's like a thriller. It's like a crime movie too. Yeah. So, uh, and you can got, see tits. There you go. Let's do our movie club though. Yes, we will definitely look talk for the about movie that. club, the, we'll the How I Got Greenlit movie club. Come yes. join us at the How I Got Greenlit movie club. Good, good, um, good, good. All right. Anyway, thank you for this, Angie. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, oh, thanks, we are Alex. How I Get Greenlit at I love you guys. How I Got Greenlit Twitter and Instagram and Gmail. Angie, do you have anything to promote or any handles you want to share? At yeah, J Girls Mom on Instagram, and I'm just Angie W A N G at uh, on Facebook. I know it's dates right. me, Long but is pronounced I, uh, uh, with a with a soft A. Yes, yeah. and uh, I have a couple of things in the works, but I I don't want to jinx them. We'll so. have you back. <laughs> You'll we'll have, have you me back. back. Yes, yeah. please keep us informed. We're yes, we're, we're for sure. Of the show. Good, right. good, good, good. Thank you all, guys. Okay. This was a lot of fun, and thank you for listening. Thank you. This has been part two of our conversation with Angie Wong. We'd like to thank her for joining the show as always. Can't thank her enough for being a guest and a longtime friend of the show. I'd like to remind everybody out there to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on How I Got Greenlit on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Also at howigotgreenlit.com. Please feel free to email us. We love the questions and however we can help out. And that's it, How I Got Greenlit at gmail.com next week brings an entirely new episode of how i got greenlit how exciting is that for alex collegian i am ryan gibson thank you for joining us porn satan drugs therapy it's not just the list of what i'm up to this weekend I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Next Chapter Podcasts.